This morning it is good to be in God's house, to serve Him, to look to Him no matter what is going on in our lives today. We're going to continue our series we began last week called Delivered, where we're going to be walking through the book of Exodus, but we're going to be uh, learning and growing and understanding how to live having been delivered. And so today we're going to find ourselves in Exodus chapter 13 today. So if you want to turn, turn your Bibles to Exodus chapter 13, go right ahead. Has anybody in here ever been lost before when you've been trying to go somewhere? Yes. All right. Why is it that the majority of the hands are women? I don't understand that. <laughs> Men, we just don't get lost. No, we just, we may not know where we are, but we're not lost. We're never lost. We know that we're going somewhere. We're always got it. We always have a destination in mind, but we're never totally lost. Now, you know, one of the great things that has happened in the last several decades now was the invention of GPS, a global positioning system that helps you get from point A to point B. They were a big rage years ago, back whenever. Phones were still not smart, and they were still flip phones. And you would buy a GPS, you'd put it in your car, or you'd buy a car that had GPS in it, and you thought you were, you were in the money. You were in style. You had it going on because you had a GPS in your car. And no matter where you wanted to go, you could just put in the coordinates, and it would take you there, right? How many of you just really trust the GPSs? I can see you've had the same experience that I have at times and other people have when it comes to a GPS. There was a Swiss van driver that found himself on top of a mountain in his van with nowhere to turn around or any way down. As a matter of fact, they had to come get him in a large helicopter and hook the helicopter to his van to get his van off the mountain because his GPS took him up a walking trail Now, I just want to know, at what point do you go, something's wrong? As, as a matter of fact, it was, uh, the fireman actually put it this way. He claims he didn't see any footpath signs, but he must have been a pretty fair driver to get that far up a glorified goat track, is, is what it was called. How about, how about the woman who was following her GPS one day, and it... It had her turn left into a cornfield. And so you know what she did? No, she kept driving. She just kept on driving. And so she, she kept driving till, and all the corn stalks are going down. And next thing you know, her car is stuck in a sand pit on a golf course. How about the, the man who was looking for a hotel and he was following the directions and it took him down this, this, this single lane road, you know, and it was dark, there were no street signs. And the next thing he knows, he's out in the middle of nowhere with no lights and it says, you have arrived at your destination. And there's nothing there. There's no hotel or anything. How about the driver who followed the GPS one night and it was late, it was after midnight. And they're driving, it's dark, they're tired, and the next thing you know, they're going down this ramp, and splash! It takes them right down a boat ramp. A GPS taking them crazy places. Or the man who wanted to return his car to the car rental place, and it, when it said, you have arrived at your destination, he was at a graveyard. <laughs> 
Now, you may think I'm making these up, but you know everything on the Internet is true. (laughs) But I would not be surprised if these stories are true. Because I have found myself following a GPS, and it's taken me and my family into some really scary places trying to get somewhere. And it's taken us down dirt roads that we were going, is this really a road? At times. So a GPS is there to take us from point A to point B to take us to a destination, but the GPS can't be trusted. Even though it can see things that we can't see, it is controlled by a satellite that's up in the sky that can see the entire country at one time, but it can only do as well as what's been programmed into that satellite and that GPS and the coordinates as to what has changed to get us to where we're going. And so there is a sense that I noticed that uh, there wasn't many people that raised your hands that said you trust your GPS. But let me tell you who we can trust. Not GPS, but G-O-D. When it comes to directions and getting somewhere in your life, the one you can trust, that can see all, that knows every update that's happened is G-O-D, not GPS. Today we're going to be looking in chapter 13 of Exodus as to where... Last week, we, we, we started this series off where there had been a great death. Every house experienced death, and there was sadness. And the Pharaoh finally said, get out, just leave. And they all said, just leave. The Egyptians told them to leave, and so they all got together, and they left. And so today, I want to begin reading in verse 17, because we're going to be looking at having stronger faith in our life when it comes to getting from point A to point B, going somewhere where God wants us to go. Let's read in verse 17. Now when Pharaoh had let the people go, God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines, even though it was near. For God said, the people might change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. Hence God led the people around by the way of the wilderness to the Red Sea, and the sons of Israel went up in martial array from the land of Egypt. Now, I want us to talk about how to make our faith stronger because there's some things that we often need to keep in mind for our faith to become stronger. So I want you to write this down today. The first thing that I want you to write down is this, is that faith will take us in unexpected directions. Faith in God and following His direction and will will take us in unexpected directions and in unexpected places. Now, as we hear here in verse 17, isn't it strange that it says, God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines. Now, you may be wondering, is that even important? Well, I can tell you that God did not ask the Israelites their permission on which way to go. God's not going to ask your permission on which way you should go. So let's get that clear up front. When it comes to faith, we must say, God, you're in control. You're guiding the direction. And we are just here to follow your will. Now, when we see it says, God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines. He did not have a conference with Moses and Aaron and say, okay, guys, let's have a democratic vote on which way we go here. God led them down toward the Red Sea. See, he takes us in unexpected directions for our protection. Because read this for a second. Somebody needs to hear this today. God will take you in an unexpected direction, even when it's difficult, to protect you and to prepare you for the destination you are going to. 
Man, that was good. Somebody needs to help me preach this morning. Somebody say amen or something. I mean, because that is some truth, ladies and gentlemen. God is going to take us to places that are, are it's uncomfortable. We're not going to like it. It ain't going to feel good. It's going to, it's going to hurt. And sometimes we're going to have to, oh, I don't like this word. Wait and be patient. And that's not very fun sometimes. But God will take us to those places. And all we see is the pain around us. But God can be protecting us and preparing us for something great in the destination He has for us. Check this out. As we read this and it says that He didn't take them by the way of the Philistines. Instead, He was afraid that they were going to say, Well, we don't want war. We're going back to Egypt. I mean, they started crying. We want to go back to Egypt anyway, didn't they? But here's the thing. God knew whether they were ready for the journey or not. He knew there had to be some preparation for them that if they went that way, which would have been the shortest way in the quickest way, in the easiest way, they would have quit and give up. But he knew if I take them down through the wilderness and my mighty hand is shown in their life, there's going to be a story that will impact people for centuries. And that's going to prepare their hearts Let's think of it like this. Let's go on a pretend trip. We all are going to social distance on a great big huge bus or something, okay? Does that, does that sound okay? All right, so here's what we're going to do. I'm going to drive. I know you're all excited about that, except for my wife. She's shaking her head. We're all going to go to Greenville, South Carolina, okay? All of you who are going to go with me, raise your hand. And as soon as you want to get off, you lower it, okay? Okay, not many of you are even going to get on the bus. Come on now, get on the bus with me. We're going to Greenville. Trust me. So what we're going to do is we're going to pull out of here, go south on Atlanta Highway, then we're going to turn left on Winder Highway and head toward 85. Okay, you all with me? Man, we're excited. We're going to Greenville, right? I saw that hand after you heard that I knew where I was going. You went, no, okay, I'll go with you now. (laughs) All right, so we go down Winder Highway, we get to 85, and we take a right. Some of you are jumping off. Thank you, Paul. All right, so we're going to take a right, and we're going to go south toward Atlanta. All right, we're going to get on 285, go around Atlanta, hit 75. We're going to go all the way down to Macon. And when we get to Macon, we're going to get over on 16 and head towards Savannah. Now, there's only two of you still with me. Three of you. Come on now. You're, you're, you're with me. Okay, there's four. One of them's a small kid who just, uh, you know, he's just along for the ride. <laughs> so we, we're down in Macon. We're headed towards Savannah on 16. We get to Savannah. We get on 95, and we're, we're headed toward Greenville. And then, then, then we're going to get on 26 and hit Columbia. And then we're going to go up, and we're going get, to get on 385, and we're going to wind up in Greenville. Now, the majority of you jumped off the bus. Why? Because you thought he is not going in the right direction. He's taking the long way. What is he doing? Well, here's what you did not know. That along the way, every 30 minutes below Atlanta, I was handing out $1,000 to every person on the bus. Now, how many of you are sorry you got off? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? All right. What I just illustrated is what these two verses are talking about. See, where they were in Ramesses... Due east, if they had just gone east and north a little bit, they would have been in the land of Canaan. But between them and Canaan was the Philistines. 
And God could have just taken them the short way, the easy way. The, the, you know, you look at it on the map, you go, that's going to save a lot of gas. But instead, God says, to get to Greenville, we're going to go south on 85 instead of north. And we're not just going to go to Atlanta, we're going to go all the way down to Macon. And not, not only to Macon, we're going to go all the way to Savannah. Then we're going to come back up and around. Now, notice, all of you probably felt this moment like, man, I wish that was real. And he was giving away $1,000 every 30 minutes. God had a blessing for them even on that journey through the wilderness. Even on the long way around to get to Greenville. He had something in store for them they weren't expecting. They could have just simply said, he don't know where he's going. They could have said to Moses, Moses, you might be a shepherd, but you are terrible with directions. Why are we going south? This makes no sense. But it wasn't Moses that was driving the bus. It was God. See, in verse 17 and 18, he says, Now when Pharaoh had let the people go, God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines, even though it was near. For God said, The people might change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. They weren't ready. Hence God led the people around by the way of the wilderness to the Red Sea, and the sons of Israel went up in martial array from the land of Egypt. Now, God does not guide those who want to run their own life. Ooh, that was, that was tough. God does not guide those who want to run their own life and drive their own bus. Sometimes God's going to take us in a direction and He's going to lead us in paths and things are going to happen in our life and we're going to begin to ask why. This makes no sense. This is hard. This is tough. But I want you to keep in mind, somebody needs to hear this, that God could be protecting you and preparing you for something great in the destination that you wouldn't get if you went the easy way. And so we have to trust Him that the journey He has us on is the right journey that He's protecting and He's preparing. Elizabeth Elliot said, The will of God is not something you add to your life. It's a course you choose. You either line yourself up with the Son of God or you capitulate to the principle which governs the rest of the world. So we have a choice to make. Are we going to allow our faith to grow stronger and us simply say, God, you're driving the bus and whichever direction you send us is the way I'm going to go. All right, so the second thing. The second thing is this. The Lord is already where he is taking us. Man, that's a great promise. The Lord is already there. He is going before us. Listen to this. Let's look in verse 21 and 22. The Lord was going before them in a pillar. The Lord was going before them. It could very well say the Lord was going with them, right? But it says before them. He was out in front. He was preparing the way. He was ready to fight the battle. He was going before them. He had already been where their feet were about to trod. Man, that's just good. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm going to say it again. I enjoy that so much. God had already been where their feet were about to step. Let me tell you, in your life, God's already where He is taking you. Where you're about to step, God has already been there. 
He's already prepared it. He's leading you there. He has gone before you, just like here, verse 21. The Lord was going before them in a pillar of cloud by day to lead them on the way, and a pillar of fire by night to give them light, that they might travel by day and night. He did not take away the pillar of cloud by day, nor the pillar of fire by night from before the people. God went before the people, and He goes before us when we're following His will and direction for our life, even when it makes no sense. Even when we're going, this is not the direction we should be headed. We have to trust God that He's got a plan for us. Now, Psalm 119 says, Your word is a light unto my path and a lamp unto my feet. God's Word is that directing that helps us see the will of God in the direction of God. And God gave us His Word so we can see Him in our walking, in our path, and in our directions. The third thing we find in verse 21 and 22. Let me read verse 21 and 22 again. The Lord was going before them in a pillar of cloud by day to lead them on the way, and a pillar of fire by night to give them light, that they might travel by day and by night. I want you to hold on for a second. God never took a nap. He never took a bathroom break. He never took a moment and just left them alone by themselves. The Word of God says here that He gave them a cloud by day and a fire by night so that they, what, what does it say? They might travel by day and by night. Wow. Verse 22, He did not take away the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night from before the people. Listen. The third thing is this, He will not abandon us once we are there. Once we're on the journey, once we're going in the direction He's called us to, even if it makes no sense and it's in a direction that we think is ridiculous, God is still there and will not abandon us. Now, if you want to feel abandoned, try to drive the bus yourself. Say, you know what? I'm done with this direction. I'm going to go this way. Then you're going to feel what it's like to be abandoned. Because God's hand of blessing cannot be on those who disobey and sin. We must pursue Him. And as we're pursuing Him and His will and His direction, He will guide and be there and His presence will comfort us. Now, I'm not saying He disappears. What I say is His hand just goes, you know what? I can't, I can't bless a mass. You're going in the wrong direction. You're sinning. You're disobeying. You're turning from me. And God declared, if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, then I would hear from heaven and I'd forgive their sins and I would heal their land. We must stay in God's direction no matter what the world is declaring. No matter what our communities or our friends are declaring. No matter what peer pressure comes along, we have to stay God's course. God's course is the right course. Because in God's course, there's going to be some miracles taking place. Like a, a, a cloud that leads them everywhere in fire by night. Let me tell you something. That in itself would have had me going, wow, this is cool. I'm glad he's driving. But yet, we're going to find as we get on into Exodus that even the miracles can become commonplace and mundane to cause his people who are following him 
to abandon the pursuit. So as we look at this, we can understand what Corey Ten Boom said. There are no ifs in God's world and no places that are safer than other places. The center of His will is our only safety. The center of His will is our only safety. Let us pray that we may always know it. So what is the great hope? What is the great hope that we can find in these verses here in uh, chapter 13 of Exodus 17 through 22? Well, I believe it's simply this. God's mighty hand alone will deliver and guide you. God's hand alone will deliver you and guide you in the process. See, what our problem is, is we try to fix things ourselves, don't we? We try to find the solution. We try to, to, to figure out a way to make things better before we even go to God and say, God, what's your solution? What do we need to do? I got news for you. I've been praying for God to give a solution to the COVID-19 coronavirus for, for a long time. It hasn't come yet. Am I to get mad at God and say, God, are, are you not even listening? Do you not even care? Yes, He cares. But it could be that He understands that you and I are going to be better off on the other side of this journey having gone through this instead of Him taking the easy way out and going, you know what, okay, boom, it's gone. You guys just go back to the way you've been living. And let me just ask this question. How's that been working out for the world? Or maybe it could be that God said, all right, that's enough. All of you need to go to your rooms for a while. <laughs> God tries to get our attention, but He is not going to beat us over the head with a stick to make us. He wants us to choose Him because that is love. That is what He desires. He gives mercy. He gives direction. He gives strength. But He gives us the loving choice to do what He's asked us to do. And when we do that... We can find His presence in no matter what we do. Let me tell you about someone who roughly 2,000 years ago, he had the audacity to say, the audacity to say, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. Man, who would have the audacity to say that? Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. We can't trust the GPS today, but we can trust Jesus. We can trust God in His direction and what He has said. And we can trust the Word of God. Because this right here, if, if you're going in a direction that does not line up to this, you're going in the wrong direction. You're driving your own bus. This right here is the driver's manual for the one who's driving, who shared with us the directions on where He's taken us. So we have to choose, ladies and gentlemen. We must decide today. Who's going to be driving our bus? Is it going to be me? Am I going to use my own driver's manual? Or am I going to use God's driving manual? The one who created life. The one who sent His Son to die on a cross so that I may have life. Just as it says here that these, these children of Israel, they were, they were delivered from Egypt. So you and I have been delivered from sin. We have been delivered from our flesh and from the world, but we're still influenced by all three, aren't we? And we struggle. But do not forget, you have been delivered. And we are on a journey. 
And it might be through the wilderness right now. And it may be tough and it may make no sense. But God's got a destination called glory in mind for each of us. And on that path to get there, we are all becoming like His Son, Jesus Christ. In the way we think, the way we speak, the way we act, and what we do. So we can either be a willing participant or we'll find ourselves wandering more in the wilderness until we are. I don't want you to miss something that's very important here. When you're reading the Bible, when you see a phrase that is repeated, it is there for a reason. God puts a phrase in Scripture over and over to let you know, pay attention. This is important. So I want you to look in chapter 13, verse number 3. Moses said to the people, Remember this day in which you went out from Egypt, from the house of slavery, for by a powerful hand, as it says in the New American Standard, the Lord brought you out from this place. A powerful hand, the Lord brought you out from this place. I want you to also look in verse 14 of this same chapter. And it shall be when, when your son asks you in time to come, saying, What is this? What is this Passover that you're celebrating? Then you shall say to him, With a powerful hand the Lord brought us out of Egypt. That's repetitive, isn't it? How about verse 16? So it shall serve as a sign on, on your hand and your phylacteries. Good gracious, what a word is this? Phylacteries is a thing that goes on your forehead like a headband, okay? Hey, I said it. Ha, huh, cool. On your forehead, for with a powerful hand, the Lord brought us out of Egypt. With a powerful hand, the Lord brought us out. I'm here to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, it wasn't by happenstance or by some small account that Jesus left heaven and came to earth, died on a cross, rose from the grave so that you and I could have life and have it more abundantly. It was by the mighty, powerful hand of God Himself, of the Lord, that has brought us salvation. We need to rejoice and be glad in that and walk in His way in His direction. By a powerful hand, God has delivered you and brought salvation. So what are we to do? What must I do? Well, I think it's pretty simple. I think it boils down to simply verse 18 of chapter 13. Hence, God led the people around by the way of the wilderness to the Red Sea. And the sons of Israel went up in martial array from the land of Egypt. You know what they did? They got on the bus, and they didn't get off the bus. They said, you know what? Here we go. We're going that way. Yeah, we're not going to the land of promise or Canaan, but we're just going to follow the leader. And the leader is following God. So God is leading all of us, and we're going to go, just go the way that God is leading. And let me tell you, what God had in store for them was a great miracle like this world has not seen. Over several, several years, God provided for them. God did things, and we're going to be talking about those because we're going to be walking through Exodus and this entire story to get it all lined up to figure out what happens next and what happens next. I'd encourage you, if you want to get ahead in the sermon, just read the next chapter or two. But as we look at this, we can see that the people followed God's direction. 
And that's what we need to do. We need to follow God directing us. What is His direction for us? We all can say this because of Scripture. That all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Everyone comes to a place where they need Jesus Christ. All of us. And once we accept Christ, we have that salvation. But then what? Let me tell you, that's not the end of the story. That's just the beginning. That's when God begins to send us in in a directing path to touch other people's lives, to transform their lives, to help people experience the same thing we have experienced. We are not to simply sit back and say, you know what, my ticket is punched. I'm heaven bound. Glory, hallelujah. Pass me me just anything. I don't care. I'm ready to do whatever because I'm heaven bound. Let me tell you something. It's not about pass me anything once we come to Christ. It's about how can I serve you when we come to Christ. Because Jesus was a servant. We need to serve others. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 5 and 6 says, To trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. But in all your ways acknowledge Him and He will direct your path. That's a promise. If you're wondering about the will of God in your life... Are you following God's will? Are you in the center of God's will? Is God leading you in this direction? Let me tell you, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 is a great place to start. Are you trusting God with all your heart? Are you leaning on your own understanding? Or are you acknowledging Him in everything? And as you do that, God's going to direct you. Sometimes it's going to be in directions that make no sense. You're going to go, but this don't make no sense. In my brain, this is just, this is not the right direction, God. Are you listening to me? You know what? Moses even began his journey into this deliverance the same way. As he was conversing with God one day, and it was a burning bush that just wouldn't burn up. He looked at the bush and he said, Yeah, God, you got the wrong person. You're going in the wrong direction. You have done, started on a path that's just not the right path. You need to get somebody else. I can't do this. I mean, I can't even talk well. I stutter. And finally, God just put his foot down. He said, listen, Moses, you are going to lead my people out of Egypt. And Moses finally said, okay. God has you on a journey for a purpose. What we do on that journey will determine our impact in this world. How we see the the journey we're on is important because we may think, man, why did He bring us to this wilderness and make it so tough and hard? When all along God's going, my son, my daughter, I'm protecting you, and I'm preparing you. I'm reminded of someone in this room, Larry, I hope you don't mind me sharing this. I didn't even ask you, is it okay? Sure, whatever it is, he just told me yes. So let me tell you about what he did last night. I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. Larry found out he had prostate cancer. Larry had to have a scan because he had prostate cancer. He still has it. And when they scanned him for prostate cancer, they found out he had kidney cancer he had not exhibited any symptoms of either one 
Now, it seemed strange the day he found out he had prostate cancer. And it was tough when the word cancer came into his life. And then the day that he had a scan because he had that to find out he had another one was even more devastating. But let me tell you something. That was God's hand directing him in a path to make sure the other thing got taken care of. And by the way, this thing on his forehead that they also found is not another cancer. Neither one has metastasized anywhere. It's been a tough journey, but you know what? God is directing and working and brought about knowledge of something that he was not even aware of. God could be protecting you, taking you on the difficult path that you're on. So stop complaining about it. Ooh, <laughs> where'd that come from? Stop whining and complaining about the journey you're on because God's got you there for a purpose. Embrace it and say, God, I'm on your journey. Whatever direction this thing takes me in, so be it. You know, I found something here in this room that I have kept in my Bible. Or it's in my journal, my journal book that I look at every day. I should have put it in my Bible. But somebody was taking notes in, in this room one Sunday. And after service, I was walking around. And I picked it up and I looked at it. And on the back of this, I don't know who it was. There was a question. Is there a point at which I would stop following God? Is there a point at which you're going to get off the bus? Is there a point at which you're going to go, you know what? Yep, this is too much. I'm done. That's a hard question. Because God will take you the hard way sometimes to prepare you and to protect you for the glorious destination of promise He has for you. And that's what we can see right here in chapter 13. Gina, would you come and play? Today, you may be struggling with what direction God has you going in. Maybe you're struggling with trying to figure out, Pastor, I can't even pay my bills. I don't even know what I'm going to do. Pastor, my health is failing. Everything in life seems to be going south. But can I tell you this? God has not abandoned you. God is with you on that journey no matter how difficult it is. God is directing. God is working. What will you do with the journey that you're on today? Will you embrace it and say, God, this is hard. This is difficult. It hurts. But I am going to follow your path and your direction. What will you do this day? This week, here's what I want you to do. I want you to look for God's confirming voice or actions in the direction you're going in your life. I want you to, I want you to pray. I want you to look and say, God, am I going in the right direction? Am I headed where you want me to head? Am I dealing with what you want me to deal with? Am I handling this the way you want me to handle it? Over the next seven days, would you do that? But right now, you may be wondering and struggling. You may be going, God, yeah, I've, I've started complaining. I've started dropping. And the Father is not up there going, yeah, boy, and I don't want anything to do with you. He's not doing that. He's going, finally, my child, 
He loves you. He accepts you. What will you do today with what God has brought to you in His Word? Bow your heads with me. And please stand. The altar call has been different over the last few weeks. Everything in this world has been different. What's going to happen right now is the deacons are going to come forth. And if any ladies would like to come forth to pray with any women that come down, please do that. But if you feel like you need to just come to the altar and say, God, I want to be on your bus. You drive. I'm tired of driving. If anybody wants to come and have prayer with someone today, this is the time and the moment. While I'm praying, you come and pray. Don't wait. We're not going to sing a song. We're not going to do a dance. You just make that decision right now as I pray. Father God, this world can be horribly tough. It can hurt. But God, you are God and we are not. Father, today we pray for deliverance for those who are enslaved and entrapped. And Father, with those who have been delivered, I pray for your guidance to lead us to absolutely resolve that you're driving the bus and we're going your way. May today be the day that we commit everything to you. Father, forgive us of our sins. Take over our life. Because there is no other way except for you in this life. But to trust and